Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the Real Housewives. I'm Connor Bean and welcome along. Welcome back. Welcome if it's your first time listening. Welcome one and all. I'm very excited about today's guest. We are going to be getting into all things Beverly Hills with the amazing Fanula Jones in just a little bit. But first, I said I'd do it. And uh, when it comes to this, I'm a man of my word. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season 11 started last week. I was so buzzed to watch it and I took notes (laughs) as I watched so that I could uh, prepare to break down my thoughts on the premiere for you today. I'll pop the little uh, time code in the show notes if you do want to skip because I know some people watch um, Housewives at a different pace so maybe you haven't gotten to watch it yet and I'm going to get to a few of your comments from social media as well. So let's get into it. Okay so my overall impression was it was a strong start. I felt like they they didn't start with like loads of crazy dramatic moments, but there was enough there where you felt like something could be brewing and I was thoroughly entertained for the duration. Like I, it didn't feel like, oh God, here we go. I was like, okay, I'm excited to be back in with these ladies. So one thing I did like was that there were a lot of women in, or there are a lot of women on the cast. So I'm enjoying New York so far. I know some people are a bit back and forth on New York this season. But I do think that New York could do with a couple more people in the mix. And so I enjoy that Beverly Hills has said, here's our large cast and we'll go from there. I know at some point during filming, Dorit and Kyle picked up COVID and I think maybe Kathy as well. So like, obviously it is a concern for the production, but watching this first episode, you don't feel like they're going to be as uh, slowed down by the way that like Atlanta and Dallas were earlier this year. So we'll see. That side of it was was interesting to me. I do think the winner of this episode, the MVP for me, was probably Garcelle. Like, it's just fun seeing more of her and seeing what she's up to now. I kind of just loved her home studio setup, what I wouldn't give to be recording (laughs) my podcast at home in in that kind of surroundings. Um, But obviously the scene with her sitting down uh, to lunch with Lisa Rinna and really not letting go of her concerns and questions about Rinna's behavior last season, I thought that was really interesting. Because she did that amazing kind of elegantly shady thing where she was just kind of like, let the other person talk and they'll make a mess of themselves. And then just kind of be like, "Mm, no, actually, sorry. So that was interesting to me. Curious where the Rina Garcelle dynamic will go. Just hoping we don't harp on the Denise thing too much. Because I get that it's sort of a, a thread now we need to figure out. But I don't particularly want to have spent another season talking about it because Denise isn't there. So it's like, what can we do with that, you know? I love how Eric and Dorit are in their fashion bubbles and said they dressed up at home for themselves during the quarantine, all that kind of thing. I do think, though, there's more lightness with Dorit. She's kind of the good time girl in this episode. She's got the Vivian Westwood in her confessional. She's throwing the big party with slightly questionable food choices. Um, Her kids are shading her with her outfit choices. It felt all very light and fun with Dorit. So I'm curious what her role in the group will be this season. Crystal, I thought, had a really strong start. Like, she's young and beautiful. She seems really self-possessed and, like, she has a lot going on in her life and she's married to a man who's, you know, very successful in Hollywood. So it's all these different elements of what she has going on are cool. Um, Her shady moment to read, I liked, but it felt very edited. Like, I don't know if she said all that kind of, oh, you know, you don't know people, they're not worth knowing. Oh, I don't know her. I feel like they may have, like, really shows that in the edit, but I enjoyed her for what it was. It was a little bit odd the way they were trying to like have Kyle and Rinna meet her and like have it make sense. It felt a bit inorganic, although we know that like they dropped these women into film. They're not really friends with each other beforehand, really. But I do think her connection to Kathy is interesting. 
And Kathy now is in a friend of role, so she's not in the main credits, but we are getting interview footage of her, which is great. But she's just such a kook. Like, that dentistry stuff was absolutely wild. I think having Kathy there will be a good foil for Kyle, because I'm not really sure what Kyle's storyline or arc is so far. So having her sister around could be an interesting way to, like, go back into what's going on with Kim as well and the family dynamics, which have always been a part of Beverly Hills and Kyle's story in particular. Didn't feel like there's much else going on with Lisa Rinna, although I know the whole Scott Disick thing and the lip kits trying to launch the beauty brand during the pandemic, that's kind of part of what she has going on. So maybe that will come into play a bit more. Seeing Sutton as a full-time cast member is kind of a thrill because it rarely happens that a friend of gets bumped up like that. It does happen, but not all the time. Um, Seeing her in Kyle's quote-unquote old house was wild seeing how much rent they pay we're talking about rent a lot in Ireland at the moment for obvious reasons <laughs> but these rich people they are spending <laughs> they are just on another planet speaking of rich people on another planet erica <laughs> oh God. okay so it's clear that this premiere was filmed or they started filming before the divorce is official. So maybe Erica knew it was coming down the pipe, but didn't say anything to the ladies. But like the foreshadowing and the like weird, almost horror movie style energy of watching Erica's overflow closet and fancy jewelry and like, oh, yeah. Tom's like Tom's and lawyer the lawyers are all a bit worried about like how court isn't happening and da 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 it's like okay um even her confessional look with the red jacket like she looks incredible but it is a little bit subdued or something like it's you know I'm everything is so intentional with how Erica uses fashion I'm, I'm sure that was chosen deliberately maybe to convey like in a way it's a little bit more refined and and held back but it's also got a strength to it or something I don't know um it was interesting hearing her talk about how difficult she found lockdown and losing work because in one way it's like sure we all a lot of us felt like that but it's also like you were roaming your mansion you know you were kind of it just it felt a little bit like a lot of the sort of oh my god I was going so crazy in quarantine but I have a tutor in the basement of my lavish mansion like a lot of them felt a little bit removed from the reality most of us have faced the last year or so but then obviously there's the contradiction we watched the show for the unrealistic expectations and the stupidity and the conspicuous consumption and then (laughs) when they're like really unrelatable we're like oh yeah wait they're all really rich so we'll see with erica they are sowing the seeds they are like really hinting that this is about to get dark and i for one cannot wait and i just want to look at a few of your comments from social media there were quite a few on instagram and twitter you can check out at housewives and me if you want to read more of them this from D on Instagram, she said, enjoyed it a lot. They are setting up Erica for a big fall, I think with all the necklace clothes stuff. Interested to see how it goes. Crystal and Kathy had strong first episodes and I loved how much Garcelle we got. Living for her, not taking any BS on the ladies. Hope it lasts for the season. Good mix of comedy in it too. A lot of the season will be drama-rama with the Erica stuff. So it was a nice, light first ep. Yeah, it's a good point, D. I mean, I don't know, I didn't find it that funny, only because I just don't find the Beverly Hills ladies as funny as, like, New York, although the stuff with the fish, Garcelle's uh, goldfish thing with Kyle was pretty smart, I'll give her that. Neve on Instagram says, can we talk about Kathy giving the neighborhood children amateur dental work, imagining Kyle and Kim in their dental nurse regalia? This family just gets weirder and weirder, which is why I love them. Have to say, loving this way more than the new Roni. Kathy as the dentist felt like 
I would have watched a four-part documentary series on that alone. Just so random and weird and I'm sure indicative of the kind of stuff Kathy's going to talk about uh, overcoming episodes. Although she is friend off, so I don't know how much we'll see of her. Um, interesting that you're enjoying it more than Roni. I still, I mean, this week's Roni with Sonia heavily drinking and the stuff about the bank, like I still found it very Roni and fascinating. They're just kind of slightly hampered by having a smaller cast I think and Taryn said on Instagram thought it was great love seeing Kathy but wanted more of her and a bit of an introduction given who she is and not like she's just a friend of we all know who Kathy is like Carol and Roni Garcelle is morphing into a housewife in front of us she's liking that paycheck so happy to instigate and get involved more so than last year when she came across as very aloof interesting to see if they have anything apart from Erica this year yeah Garcelle just came to play which I appreciate because I feel like she just has more time. Like I, the story was that they had cast her kind of late last year. And so I'd say she couldn't move a lot of her work around. So very much into more Garcelle. And yeah, hopefully there's more to the storyline than just Erica. Because as big as a deal that is, as that is, I do want other things to be kind of in the mix as well. That is just a sample of what people said on social media. You can check out the posts that I put up if you want to add a comment or just see more things that people were saying as well. Maybe you don't agree with any of what you just heard. As I said, that is only just a selection. It is time now, though, for our amazing guest. Here is the one and only Fanula Jones on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a writer, a podcaster and a social media favourite. You love her Love Island hot takes and you know her as half of the podcast bandwagons who recently covered Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So I'm very excited to say Fanula Jones, welcome to Housewives and Me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honoured to be uh, to be joining the esteemed repertoire of guests you've already had. I love your like repertoire. It's like a, like a theatre <laughs> from the 50s. You're very welcome. I have to say it's 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 a challenge not to just call you Fanula J because of your Instagram handle. Like I hear myself <laughs> going Fanula J- Jones like really happened to like nail that. Just elongating it. I've been, Whatever you call me, I guarantee I've been called worse. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Like my guest is a total bitch. It's Fanula. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that was that was that was the alternative intro that I had planned. So I know that recently on Bandwagons, yourself and your co-host Breach got into Real Housewives Beverly Hills. So I I do have lots of questions about that, but let's take it back to square one because people are coming to the shows in all kinds of ways. How did you get into Real Housewives and what shows are you watching at the moment or so far? I think it was, Housewives has always been on like kind of the peripheral of my mind because obviously like I love reality TV. It was something that was very regularly recommended to me, but I kind of found like the length and breadth of the franchise is like so intimidating um, and I was like, I wouldn't know where to start with this because there's so many and so many series. I'm not like a great binge watcher. Like I take a long time with series. Um, but when they were added to Netflix during like that first phase of quarantine or pandemic, whenever that was at this point, I was like, you know what? Now's the time. It's literally sitting here. It's in front of me. Why not stick it on? Um, and I started with Bev Hills just because it seems to be the most accessible one in inverted commas. And it was the one that I kind of knew more of the characters from. Like I was familiar with Lisa Vanderpump. I was familiar with Kyle. Um, I was familiar with Erica Jane actually from you and your Instagram stories. Oh my God, really? What a, what a claim to fame. <laughs> When you were sharing, I think you were sharing out some of her music or something when she was doing, what was the song she did? How many fucks do I give? None, not one. Yeah, a bop. So I all, like, I kind of knew all them. So I was like, right, let's, let's start with this. So I started it as did Breed. 
And Breed blitzed through it and was like, oh my God, this is amazing, blah, blah. And I similarly thought it was amazing, but took a bit longer to get through some of the middling seasons. But oh my God, it's just, I don't know why I was beyond the whole thing of it kind of being intimidating because there's so many of them. I'm annoyed that it took so long to get into it because, oh my God, it's just, it brings reality to another level and the layers to it with the show it's just so good it's like nothing I've ever watched before that's very interesting to me because I actually wanted to ask you about that because like I've like full confession have never watched Love Island and it's not for any snobby reasons it's actually something you've mentioned there I find it a bit daunting to follow it every year because it's on so much in the way that you found Housewives a bit hard to start with because there's so many episodes so I'm curious now that you've gotten into the Housewives phenomenon, how does it compare to other reality shows that you've talked about and kind of stand and talk to people on Instagram about? And like, how does it differ and where is it similar? So I think one of the reasons why I was afraid, also afraid to dip my toe in was because like American reality TV, I can find can be very hit or miss, right? And I personally find sometimes that it's like hard to stomach in terms of things they say, things they do. Um, I don't really find it as relatable in inverted commas as I would do with maybe some of the humor that comes across on Love Island or anything else I also just think the concept of Love Island is totally mad and it is one of those kind of last shows that you have a lot of people watching live and you have that discussion after that's kind of lost now I think with streaming but I think with Housewives it has like kind of all of the things you need to make a good reality show obviously you have like a great ensemble cast of characters across the franchises you have like the style and the glamour and the aesthetics of things like I'm a big makeup and fashion head myself so you have that kind of eye candy and then you have the drama like it's just and the way it kind of bleeds into real life and like pop culture and celebrity news and stuff obviously I'm a fiend for that as well so kind of being able to follow that timeline alongside the timeline of the show, if that makes sense, is so interesting because I even remember before I started Beverly Hills, I remember seeing all of the headlines about Denise Richards and Brandy Glanville coming out. I remember being like, yeah. oh my God, the latest, scandalous. And this was only for me, like looking at like the the, the headlines for, on like my Twitter or whatever and being like, oh my yeah. God, drams, like how is this going to play out in the show? And then it's so interesting then to see it happen on the show, I think it's, it's it's a hard one to explain, but it's different to Love Island. But God, it's just, I think it just really elevates the format, as I said. And like having those people that you can fall in love with, having like your villains in inverted commas, you're never going to go wrong there, I think. But I do, I totally get your point with Love Island. And I think the thing is, like, I don't understand people who can binge Love Island. I'm the kind of person that once I watch the series, I watch it live and then it's done. It's 8,000 weeks long that's my thing yeah it's it's every night for two months basically I'm like I can't I can't do it's this just, oh it's so insane sometimes I'm like I don't know how I'm doing this this is such a waste of my life but anyway it's you are really only watching it though for that kind of reactionary commentary after but I think what's so great about Housewives and it kind of being more accessible to people now with it being on Netflix and kind of more people coming into the world of it you'll always have those kind of standalone series that people go back to and those moments that kind of don't necessarily age in that sense. You know, like they're still relevant and they still have knock-on effects for the future series. I'm curious too, you mentioned there, like there's a difference. Like how do you think that fandom and the conversation between, not to say Love Island and Housewives, but other reality shows and Housewives 
differs because even I think between say RuPaul's Drag Race and Real Housewives there's a difference because you know things that involve a competition or a prize tend to have a more feverish conversation whereas I think with Housewives people I don't know there's something about the fandom is very different but it's very interesting God yeah it's something that I'm looking to like dip my toe into more I think and kind of understand that because I just think fandoms with reality TV shows are so interesting like even right as you referenced Drag Race there like that fandom is completely terrifying there's so many issues there with it yes but at the same time you have this community commentary and kind of there's always opportunities to learn with it and stuff like the bravo shared universe like marvel could never truly in terms of (laughs) where it crosses over from like you've andy cohen watch what happens live and everything else i'm just like i need to ingest all this content now the thing is i think with Love Island and as it's grown in popularity and kind of spread its bases and more people have got involved I think people are more cynical as to what goes on I think there is more of an understanding that okay look this is constructed reality and I think at the start obviously it was played a lot more fast and loose because it was like it was on ITV2 a lot of people weren't watching it they were very lenient when it came to like uh, Judy Care and kind of setting up these mad uh, instances where you know, like you'd ha- you'd have someone eliminated or you'd have someone voted off the island and then the person that they were shagging, they set them up with another bird and then they bring in the person that had been like kicked off and there's this whole row. That's happened less and less, of which I think is good and I think was needed because it was kind of going off the rails and wasn't good for anyone, especially as the show was getting more and more exposed. But I think with Housewives, I think I think they do a good job of kind of acknowledging that like some of it's real life some of it's fake and kind of letting you peek behind the curtain a small bit especially with that and now again I think that's only in recent years and you might correct me on that as I've only kind of really watched Beverly Hills but with those last two seasons and I suppose throughout with Lisa Vanderpump and kind of seeing her like the master manipulator like all the stuff with the press and stuff I just find that so interesting and kind of you're always going to have different opinions from the fans like I don't think anyone sits down and watches the series and has like the exact same experience as someone else especially someone who's coming into it new with totally fresh eyes in comparison to someone like you so I find that so interesting and I think Housewives fans as well like you're great like you just welcome us in with open arms and I, I remember even having like a conversation with you about because I love having the reality TV chats even if I don't fully know what I'm talking about and I remember all those um the rumors about uh Kris Jenner joining when the Kardashians ended and I remember saying it to you and kind of having a back and forth with you about like how likely it was and god it's just so interesting how far the roots of the show spread like it's everywhere its impact is ever even if you don't realize it even if you think you've never come into contact with the franchise before you definitely have particularly I think with Beverly Hills because you have you know Kyle Richards is friends with Chris Jenner and Faye Resnick is on is a friend of Kyle who pops up on Housewives and is a friend of Chris who's on the Kardashians and then you have that whole like when David Foster was on and like that tangential connection to the Foster sisters and Yolanda and then it's Gigi Hadid and Bella Hadid like it's like all these weird specific parts of like certain parts of like Instagram adjacent American pop culture always seem to cross paths with Housewives of Beverly Hills like that is one thing where I'm like why why is this particular pool of rich people in California always coming up on like various shows it's insane but even when you think of like 
that unfortunate meme of Taylor and the cat and stuff. Like it's, that's how niche it got with people kind of, again, as I said, not really recognizing how exposed they were to it. What What is it you think that's made it kind of, that's made Beverly Hills the face of Housewives in general? Because it wasn't the first franchise, sure it wasn't. It was Orange County. I think it's a few things, like this has come up on the podcast before and you haven't even mentioned today, like from a point of view of a new viewer, it's the first of the shows where the format is locked in when it starts. So you get the idea of how Housewives should look in terms of the format of the show, which like any TV format, whether it's Love Island or Drag Race, what have you, that kind of familiarity lets you then see the specifics. So in Beverly Hills, it's okay, it's very glossy and they're wealthy and they live in this kind of a place and this is how they handle it versus New York, they're wealthy, but they live in apartments. Atlanta, they're wealthy, but they're more spread out across like a broader part of Georgia in a way. Like, so Mm. I do think in terms of gifts and memes, I actually think in a lot of ways, Housewives of Atlanta and New York are as big, but like, the thing about Housewives in general is you mentioned the fandom there. Like it's like all these niches online, the niche becomes obsessed with this one thing and talks about it so much that it invariably starts to go further and further in social media. Like the way when RuPaul's Drag Race had that Miss Fangie moment. I knew people who didn't watch Drag Race who were going on their Instagram story going, Miss Fangie. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you've just seen it so much that you've picked up on. I think it's just super niche shows and fandoms are so hyper-passionate that their interests spread on the internet because there's like context and the and the channels within people get the information changes so quickly. Once you see stuff in context, you're like, this is so weird. <laughs> like I've seen it removed from context a million times. It's, oh, it's insane. Like as, as I said, especially as someone who's been kind of watching from the peripheral and kind of learning about like, again, this Bravo Housewives shared universe where it's like, oh, Lisa Vanderpump has another show now and it's Vanderpump Rules and it's about the restaurants and that's why they're talking about the restaurants and just everything else. It's just, like I find found myself, you know, Kyle goes on about the 8,000 shows she did about her life or whatever and growing up yes. and with the mom and the sisters and stuff. Like you find yourself like Googling where they went, obviously nowhere, but it's so, so funny to just relive it as they're doing it oh it's it's mental so I ha- I remember talking to you on Instagram I think it was around Christmas and you had announced boldly on your Instagram you were like what about <laughs> season four or five Beverly Hills now what do we think about me getting all the way up through to season 10 in the next couple of weeks and I messaged you and I was like I admire your conviction I just think it's a lot at this point in time. I was at the end of season two and like the plan was, like Breed had finished it. Now I will say Breed was not working at the time. So it was a lot easier for her. But So Breed had finished and Breed was like, look, I really want to do the episode. Let's do the episode, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And that's when I put on stories. And I was like, sure, this should, this should be easy. This coming from the gal who cannot binge stuff. I was at the end of season two and thought I could make it up to 10 and reader I could not I literally only finished two or three weeks ago it was it was hard though because I feel like with I, I don't know if you agree with this but there's a lot in terms of storyline and in terms of events that actually happen there's a good lull in the middle where kind of nothing happens or it's like a big story point takes up a whole season and I found myself kind of being like kind of just trying to make my way through to finish it and then I found like the end and the most recent seasons were incredible. Loved them so much. Well, that's the thing about and what makes it so funny that people have become so obsessed with Beverly Hills over here is that for a lot of us who've watched it for a long time alongside the other shows, there are whole seasons that are like flat if you watch them week on week and then, you know, they the reunion is good or they have a good trip, but the actual overall season wouldn't be amazing. So like 
I think sometimes it's a show that's more fun to binge because your brain kind of smooths out some of the slow weeks. Whereas when you just sit down to watch your 45 minutes of it in between, say, Atlanta or New Jersey, you're like, they're doing nothing here. I think the last season was a bit better. Oh, God, I really it like it really delivered on all fronts because I, d- I didn't really know what to expect. I think going from like having Denise as this kind of really spicy addition and like I, I watched it and I was like, oh my God, she's great. Obviously I knew she'd left because like I'd, I kind of been following everything and was talking to other people about it. And then to see that, that downfall in inverted commas was just, and like all the stuff with her husband and like, oh my God, I, I don't know if this is a controversial thing to say. I thoroughly enjoy Sutton as a reality TV person. She's just, you can't take her eyes off her. You can't unlisten to whatever she's saying, however mental it is. Um, I'm really looking forward to Garcelle kind of getting more of a chance to actually do shit. I felt sorry for her because I felt like it was, she didn't really get a chance to show anything. Um, But oh God, it was so, so, so good. Like even like all the stuff to Italy and the Italy trip, like very, very good, I thought. I just, one of my favourite small things on the Italy trip was, and it's a real housewives trope when they go to like Europe in particular, when they were just walking around like that square in Rome, which is obviously very touristy, but they're all in like high housewives drag and like making a show of themselves. And you just see the wide shots. Everyone is like, who are these women? Like people don't recognise them when they go on these trips abroad and they're like drunk in restaurants and stuff. And I'm just like, particularly the Amsterdam trip when they pull out slightly in that amazing scene where like, Lisa Rinna and Eileen are having out with Kim Richards and you can just see the people in the background are like what the fuck is going on <laughs> can you imagine like you're just a random like you're on a random city break and you walk in and there's already now let's be honest you see a table of 12 Americans you're thinking they'll probably be a bit louder than me but that's just cultural thing anyway <laughs> but then you see cameras and then you see a wine glass you would be like uh, what's going on here <laughs> Oh God, like I, have you ever met any of them? No, I interviewed someone from OC on the phone years ago and I went to a taping of Watch What Happens Live where another OC person was present, but I've never, I met Andy Cohen briefly, but I've never met any of the housewives. It would be so weird if I did. I'd be like, this is bizarre. I actually don't know what I'd, what would you say to any of them? Like, you know, it's so like, it's so strange because you feel like, that parasocial relationship thing where you feel like you know everything about them and they're so accessible. But like, if Kyle Richards or Lisa Rinna was to walk past me in the street, I actually don't know what I'd say. I feel like I'd just be like frozen to the ground and then just cursing myself later on. It's also, it's funny you say that because I feel like obviously people who are on Real Housewives are famous. They're not as, in some ways they're not as famous as Julia Roberts or Brad Pitt or these iconic Hollywood stars. But in a way, we know, we feel like we know them so much better. So in a way, you'd be more starstruck because you'd be like, oh my God, like I know everything about you, but like you don't know me. Whereas <laughs> if it's a big Hollywood star, you go, oh my God, they're a movie star. But with Housewife, you're like, I've watched you with your kids at dinner. Like it's just, I don't know how you would navigate that. Um, so, who, so who are some of your faves on the show then? So is it Sutton and Garcelle? Is there anybody else that stands out to you? again potentially controversial but like I love Kyle like I know she's such a mom but I just I think every show needs an anchor like her in that she's kind of like acting as the voice of reason but she has her mental moments she's not too mental in the sense of causing like insane conflict or anything like that but she nearly acts as a magnet for it as well um, I've loved seeing like the evolution of her glam and kind of the jokes about like the moo and the caftans to what she's done now. Like, I think she's really stepped it up, even if you consider 
like I loved that whole like dynasty esque look for the for the remote reunion, the most recent one. Like I ju- like I love like the family thing, and I know she goes on about it. And I know she cries every time a child leaves the house, whatever. But <laughs> I don't know. I just think like. I think she is the the center of the show and what brings it together. And then, like I suppose, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, like Lisa Rinna was the most what's the word like enlightened choice to bring in because she is probably in the top ten best reality TV stars of all time. She knows how to bring it to a show in terms of saying the wrong things at all times. She's so funny that whole dynamic with her and her family and Harry and like the daughters and stuff. And again, love her style as well. Would I wear it? No. But at the same time, it's kind of fun to watch her play with the wigs and do her dress up and everything else. She's just, she's unparalleled with the one-liners, I think. And then I probably would say from a glam perspective, no one competes with Erica Jane. You know, like she really, and I think you've mentioned this before, her introduction to the series like really caused all of them to step their pussies up. Um, but I just, this whole shit with Tom, I, I need, I need to know what I'd give to be a fly on the wall in that chapel in her gaff to find out who, <laughs> who, who she's, she's praying to and anymore. what she's praying about. <laughs> yeah. Wherever she is. I just, I, I need, I need to know. I was going to say, but I'm just picking all of them now. Um, I, I, I like I do the whole list. I, yeah, literally, I thought I like I thought Dorit was going to have this like villain edit, but there is something like kind of charming about her, and it in a you're kind of like oh sweetie, like <laughs> okay, um, and then Eileen, I really liked Eileen, and yeah, again, I miss in, Eileen. yeah, in the same way that I kind of liked her with Kyle, which is why I suppose she couldn't really be kept on because there's only one Kyle, um. So yeah, I would say they were my they were my strong faves. And obviously we're heading into season 11 with new cast members and, and people have left recently and stuff, but is there anyone that you would like to bring back? Is there anyone that I would like to bring back? See, before I caught up, right, I had actually, I didn't realise the Camille featured so heavily towards the end. Mm-hmm. So I actually would have previously said Camille and then kind of went off her with the carry-on of the yeah. later series. Um, So I'd probably say... Maybe Adrian, just because I want the sauce on that weirdo ex-boyfriend that was also with um, Who's Your One from Pitch Perfect. Her, anyway, you know, the beer baron guy. He features in, oh, yeah. in a oh, like yeah, a, yeah. he's, I don't know, I need to know his sauce because he seems like such a celeb clout chaser. Rebel Wilson is the woman's name that I'm thinking oh, of. Yeah, don't yeah, know why yeah. that really escaped me. Um, yes. So maybe her, I'd kind of like the sauce on her and see what she's up to. Um, yeah. Probably, probably Eileen, just because I liked her and I thought her relationship with her husband was so strange. <laughs> I need to know what the crack was there. Yeah, because Eileen was so normal and grounded. But then when she'd tell you the circumstances of how she met her husband, you'd be like, that doesn't seem like you. Like it was just very, it felt out of character. So I think that's a good call. But obviously, you know, you like reality TV in general. You're into pop culture. We know that kind of, they circle people who live in, I mean, Beverly Hills, It's they don't really live in quote unquote Beverly Hills, but they're in California. They're adjacent, mm. shall we say, to that to Hollywood effectively. Is there anyone you would like to see on the show, either like people who could do it or just like pie in the sky, they never do it, but I would love to see it kind of thing. Honestly, get Melinda Gates in there now that she's, she's <laughs> ditched Bill to the curb, you know? I want someone like as bonkers as that. 
Um, I'm trying to think. I suppose like Pie in the Sky, I would be really interested to see Chris Jenner and have her kind of hand over that creative control and narrative. It's never going to happen. Well, I don't think with all this kind of Hulu stuff and the Kardashians moving over there. No, let's let's stick with them. Let's. I'm starting the petition now. Let's get Melinda in there. Erica be fuming though. Oh, she would be fuming. Totally Erica be like fuming. I'm divorcing, honey, not you. She'd be livid. (laughs) (laughs) Or what, Melinda? Or what? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Melinda's like, I just walked in for my first scene. Why are you shut? I am curious how, um, I'm curious how Crystal will settle in because like Crystal's from money. Like I think Crystal's husband is loaded, but I think Crystal herself is quite wealthy and I just, the little bits I've seen of her house and stuff, I'm like, oh, Crystal's got money, money. Because when the really wealthy people do Housewives now, I'm a bit like, why are you here? Because like, it's not like this pay is any better than whatever else you've got going on. So it's obviously like attention and kind of expanding their brand or whatever. But I'm curious how Crystal will will mix in. So yeah, I've just, I I, Melinda Gates, I wasn't expecting you to say that, but I'm impressed all the same. I think Crystal will surprise us. I think all the focus has been on like Kathy, obviously, and like Sutton because she featured last season. But I think she's a dark horse, I think, in terms of what she could say and could do. And as you said, like some of the comes from money, you're going to have that glam, like aesthetic element where you're like, even if she's not necessarily giving it to you, you're going to be looking at her and looking at her bits and her wares and everything else and kind of judging from that perspective. Well, I wouldn't count her out of this race. Like, I feel like she might pip Kathy in terms of kind of drama and conflict. The the way in the trailer, Kathy is like the kooky aunt. I'm like, mm, that's not yeah, my impression of Kathy Hilton. So <laughs> strange. It's really, really strange. Yeah. Even when she used to pop up in the older seasons of Beverly Hills, like she always had this slightly icy glacial thing with Kim and Kyle that I actually found really interesting because I was like, wow, she's their sister, but she does actually act like they're removed like uh, from a distance kind of mother figure almost so very curious how Kathy will will figure into uh, season 11 cannot wait oh my god so excited so you did an episode about Beverly Hills on bandwagons recently and you've covered so many topics on that show and you have a very engaged audience what kind of feedback did you get from people about that episode and also just yourself I'm sure when you mention you're watching something you get a lot of dms from people like what do you think is the kind of mood around the shows or what do people say to you when when they hear you talking about us I think we were kind of we were our audience was split 50 50 50 in terms of people who had been following the show from the start and people who kind of fell into it as a quarantine watch same as us so it was really interesting to like kind of have all the different opinions of even when I was kind of trying to divvy it up as to how I could watch it or how much I'd need to watch to like have a good understanding of it. And obviously I just enjoyed it. So I was like, right, I'm just going to watch all of it. But it was interesting to hear people be like, oh, skip, uh, is it season four or season five with Joyce and uh, the witch? <laughs> the witch, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, the witch. Is that Carlton? <laughs> Same thing. Carlton, yeah, whatever. Good for her. And then it was, it was kind of weird. Like you'd have a lot of people who are like, would be a lot closer to the other like franchise so they'd be messaging me being like no forget about Beverly Hills it's boring like start New York but start it from four like the first series might be hard to get into but it's fine you'll get there um I suppose with with us doing the episode on and kind of the reaction there I think it was kind of they just I think with this and because you're not necessarily watching it live and we won't have that opportunity to watch it live in Vertigamas until later this month when the new series drops I think there was a lot of 
kind of that want for a shared conversation around like again the specific moments like the bunny moment and like Denise and Brandy as I mentioned and like the Munchausen thing and everything else and kind of all the other connections to the pop culture as we mentioned like identifying those links um so that was good like we love doing that over on bandwagons where we can just have like where it feels like a big group chat where everyone's just talking about this shared thing that they've just discovered or just come into and they're really into it but yeah people are people are passionate about like their specific housewives and their franchises because even I remember when I did a Q&A on my story and I said Kyle was my favorite I said Kyle was my favorite and then I said Lisa Rinna was like probably my favorite reality tv person and people were like how can you like Kyle oh my gosh <laughs> like it's people are precious about it but at the same time I suppose that I get it. is so real. Literally, like, oh, it's so true. And, like, I get it. Oh, yeah, literally, like, well, um, like, I totally get it. And I, I would have been, I'm very like that with, um, with Love Island. So I suppose yes. being in on it with this franchise now, it's very exciting. And to be honest, I just love stirring the pot and debating with people. Do you know? I just love... I just love a, love a good gab. You should start really just making up trolley responses. I just think Carlton's the best housewife they ever had, full stop, and just see what people <laughs> say. Like, How could you? No, I really, I really believe that. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been talking a lot about Beverly Hills, but I know that you've kind of started a New York journey and maybe an Atlanta one. What's the story there? Oh, yeah. So I started in New York. I kind of, I took like, two weeks and I was like right okay I need to like decompress and I was like which one I start I was like let's go New York because again I kind of knew Bethany Frankel we didn't have Sky for ages to go on a tangent in my house I often talk about this uh, on bandwagons about my deprived childhood (laughs) not having Sky and then when we did get like a dodgy box slash Sky and we had E I remember Bethany's show on it uh Bethany Ever After I think it was called like her trying to find Spin love off. whatever blah 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 yeah I didn't watch a lot of it and I was of a certain age that I didn't did, obviously didn't know the housewives didn't know who she was didn't really care but I remember even from all the promos I was like oh like unlucky in love um like kind of not likable like even the ads like <laughs> set her up that it was like oh I don't like this woman okay cool um but you'd obviously recommend it and as I said a lot of other people in my DMs were like you need to watch New York you need to watch New York so I started with one, even though, again, a lot of people were like, oh, the first few seasons are so old. Like, don't bother. Like, you'll find it really hard, whatever. But oh, my God, I sat down at the weekend and it was like watching performance art. Like, I honestly think it's, <laughs> it's I think it's up there with some of the best reality TV I've ever watched. It's just like the people the drama it's it really like it makes Beverly Hills look like a shy puppy dog in comparison and like I'm not even at because people are telling me like I have Scary Island to look forward to and (gasps) other things which I have no idea about but people are just like Scary Island I'm like okay can't wait it's just and like I love them all we were going through my housemates there earlier like talking about who'd who'd be who who did we say I was I'm Countess Luann I think because I keep giving out to my (laughs) housemates for not saying please and thank you um, my book oh of my etiquette God. but um <laughs> oh my god it's like it's on if anyone here is listening to this and hasn't started that yet for whatever reason I doubt it but anyway watch it and don't listen to anyone who says to skip the first few seasons because like yes they're a bit like gayish to look at visually but the content is oh unbelievable like top tier and also the thing with New York is a lot of the women you're seeing on those first two seasons 
stick are there for the run of the show like Bethany obviously departs but then comes back so like if you go with New York for the long haul when you get to season seven eight nine ten which I know sounds crazy like sounds like it's forever away but like it's honestly so rewarding because you and the women on the show like you as a viewer and the women on the show have such a shared history that it just adds this layer of, of like a they'll do anything on camera and b every interaction is fraught with so much more tension because you're like oh we know the tea we know that like they did go to the Hamptons all those years and now they've fallen out or whatever like it just it's just like it is it's actually even though reality tv is like real like seen as real low brow and like lowest common denominator some of these shows when you watch them long enough it is like the long con like you get it's so so satisfying there is actually a payoff the more you like which is mad to think but there is oh it's so good like sorry even learning that bethany was a like a chef originally i that blew my mind because i always just knew where i was like bethany frankel of fame like you know and then to hear her that she's like the serious food chef person i was like this is mental and that first reunion is so messy like so beautifully messy and weird and again you'd never see it as kind of uh like a blasé production today it's so interesting like it's it's one for the history books for sure and ramona getting up to walk off in the first season reunion like it's hilarious because it's now that's such a housewives cliche but at the time people would have been like what what are you doing like you can't just not Film, just like, standing in the also, hall screaming yeah. between these like prefab sets like being like I'm not coming back because the nudie pictures <laughs> <laughs> and also because as you'll notice as you go along the New York journey like Ramona B ends up becoming very sexual and very like uninhibited and it's just funny because she tries to be so prudish there and you're like Ramona please by season eight the things you'll be doing like girl like come on Oh, I got so many messages of people just being like, Ramona, eyes emoji for like, because I'm watching and they're like, you've no idea. I'm like, right, okay, I will keep an eye on her. Have you gotten to that scene? Because I think it's season two where Ramona and Bethany are on like, it's like the Brooklyn Bridge or one of those kind of long bridges that joins up different parts of Manhattan and and the rest of New York, etc. Where Bethany, where Ramona's just like, look, everybody leaves you, you've no friends. Like, and Bethany's like, excuse me? It's just... Like the things they're saying, it you couldn't, you could not write it. That fight as well between Bethany and Kelly. Like I keep quoting it. Oh, it's just again yes, where she's yes. like, "We're we're not friends," and uh, Bethany's like, "Right, yeah," and she's like, "I don't find you charming. Um, I don't like you." Like it's oh, you couldn't. That's the thing. It's like stranger than fiction. Nearly sometimes watching it, but I think that's where. New York really steps up the game drama wise and that's again that's what everyone says they're like if you think it's dramatic now and it isn't even really it's just kind of the way they go about everything even the stuff with the yeah. tennis matches like that's so that's <laughs> so tame and yet at the same, they elevate it to a point where it's like it could be a Michael Bay film like with the action and the drama and <laughs> um, but yeah. I, all people say is like I'll just stick with it because the drama starts and it never stops like full foot to the pedal and I really need that at this point in time where I can just switch off my brain and like laugh at these women laugh at and with these women yeah and actually you've hit the nail on the head like New York is the ultimate like oh my god they're so funny and also like they've no idea how funny that thing was whereas for all the things you can get enjoyment out of with Beverly Hills it isn't really that funny and oftentimes when they think they're being funny you're just like yeah, it's not, it's not that funny really, is it? And I think there de- there's definitely a level of them kind of being a bit too self-aware now and like careful in a way. And like even with like Rinna, 
like yes she did she does still have like a few good one-liners but it's kind of the ones where she's not trying like obviously the one where it's like um about never seeing Denise Richards again like she didn't intend that to be funny and it just has become a meme anything that she like tries to say or like ham up for her uh like uh talking head interviews it's like oh it's it's really being silly and it's slapstick and it's fun but like you wouldn't be as you said like laughing out loud at it and are you did you say you started Atlanta or you're planning to I think you mentioned that you I'm planning to we... I'm planning to mm-hmm. but I haven't um yet because again like I knew Nini from like gifs and memes and stuff and again that's the other one where people have been like Atlanta but there's a lot of people uh out to bat for New Jersey as well and a couple of my friends we were all kind of watching Beverly Hills at the same time and then one of my other friends I, I started New York she started New Jersey and she's like oh my god it's she thinks that's next level so I don't know what do you think what am I better off uh double screening with I mean you've watched a lot of Beverly Hills you're on your New York journey I do think Jersey and Atlanta would be very rewarding there's obviously other cities but I think now you are more than ready for this humdinger of a question what would your housewives tagline be and why so I uh, (laughs) I don't even know I should say this so my friends call me sticky spice because I'm like quite messy and uh, like I can't really I eat everything really messily sorry I'm really not selling myself here thank god I have a boyfriend I'm so disgusting I was to say this isn't like a, a Love Island application there. yeah so it's true so I, th- so I came up with this one the other day where it was like um, um, oh fuck I can't even believe this uh, you may call me sticky spice but nothing sticks to me that's fucking terrible oh my god I'm gonna think of like 800 others after I get off this call I'm gonna be so mad at myself but but that one would work if it was like your second season and we had learned that about you like your Sticky Spice name had come up in some way and like I could see because actually I think at one point Kyle says and everybody goes oh you are Angry Spice right now like I think you could actually that would be once we got to know you I'm thinking I feel like bandwagons would lend itself to a, a tagline like oh know. yeah oh, okay let's think of that um like i don't know like i'm trying to think of you can join my bandwagon but don't rain on my parade something like that yeah yeah <laughs> honey don't hitch yourself to my wagon and then snap my fingers at <laughs> someone and then probably be asked to leave the set because you're not supposed to be there <laughs> I don't know if you're like in because it's an audio format you're like and I'll just snap my fingers at the end of that <laughs> what else I mean would you want to do a play off of something Love Island-ish that's a great idea um oh I could be thinking about this all day I yeah, should have prepared this like we I, I'm, I'm I'm sure you're the same like where you have friends where you just send each other the voice notes all day of what your tagline would be have you said what your tagline is on this podcast before I used to, I think when I had Victoria and Davina on we brainstormed it and then I remember Davina said I'm gonna send you one later I'll think of one for you and I was like oh thanks and then literally like that that night Davina texted me and Victoria was like I've been working on some tagline ideas <laughs> I was like oh my god I love that I, no. I imagine that it's like 3am and like you're awoken from your slumber and it's just Davina being like hey uh here's your tagline <laughs> It wasn't quite 3am but it was like like late in the evening I was like we're all such night owls I was like of course you were brainstorming taglines for another person at like half 10 on a random Tuesday Um, I'm trying to think like Love Island I'm going to search my friends group chat now because we sent a load of them in um, Oh earlier. amazing um, So you did prepare you did prepare then 
Um, oh, like, sorry. I didn't prepare anything, but actually. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about um, who would be like friends of our cast. And I said it would probably be like, like one of our friends has like a four or five year old daughter. So I was like, oh yeah, it'd be Faye. Like Faye, the daughter would be like friend of, but she's just like Fiona's child. I cannot find my tagline. I'm so annoyed, but I do have a message. <laughs> oh my God. I do have a message where I said, listen, I'd die for Kyle. And my friend replied and goes, I'd die for her if they stopped doing close-ups of her hands. <laughs> That's someone who's watched a lot of episodes and has something to say. She, oh, a lot of opinions, a lot of opinions in this chat. So we've worked the tagline, but we need to figure out now, you're having your housewives dinner party, five people from the shows, housewives, friends of, husbands, whoever, coming to dinner, who's coming and why? Okay, so like you'd have to have Lisa Vanderpump, I think, because despite everything, and I'm on record as saying that, that season nine or, yeah, season nine is her last season. Like that's a tough watch and I don't think she should have done it, but you have to have her there. Um, so let's have her there on the basis that she wants to be there, is open to discussions, everything else. Um, I'd have her there. I'd have Kyle. I'd have Rinna. Um, who else? I think I'd probably have, how many is that? Three? I can't count. Yeah, three. Um, three. Oh, so I need to pick these last two carefully. <laughs> you went so fast in the first two, and now you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, so there's only two <laughs> seats left. And like husbands and friends of as well. I'd like... Adrian there maybe just to get that insight from the kind of earlier seasons and then that last chair I think I might have to put who would I put in there oh, it's so hard between like Erica and like Dorit and PK if they could share a chair just because I think like PK actually likes to kind of dob in with the drama and yeah, I've kind of I've kind of had a roundabout like I don't love him, but I kind of can appreciate him more as a reality TV character. So if I can cheat, I'm going to say Lisa, LVP, uh, Rina, Kyle and then PK. But Dorit is sitting on his lap. And we're, we're not having Adrienne. You've decided that we can do PK instead. Oh, sorry. Did I get rid of Adrienne? Actually, I don't really. Yeah, care, I, was like, well, yeah I was like, yeah, I was like, poor Adrienne got the fucking boot. You <laughs> were like, listen. <laughs> Just moving uh, in listen, and out of the chair. I want like PK just... <laughs> instead. Ah, Jesus. Fuck off, Asian. We didn't go away out of that. Sorry, Adrian. <laughs> well, now you can have PK. But I just, actually, that was something when, because on your bandwagon episode about Beverly Hills, you had Louise McSherry on, who, of course, is a big housewives fan. She's been on this show as well. And when you were all talking about how you quite liked PK, I, I, I had to resist the urge to just like, call Louise almost be like what are you talking about like she's not someone I would phone but I was like I might have to intervene here (laughs) (laughs) like I just think if you're talking like a dinner party all the other husbands are so boring like I wouldn't really be I wouldn't I want Lisa I want LVP on her own without Ken like uh who's the rest of them like I just wouldn't be the PK would dob in I think is just the my only other like Harry Hamlin's not going to sit there and say anything. And Mauricio, like eye candy, but unless he was there, hi, I don't really care. He'd be talk, he'd be talking about properties and stuff, and I'm just not arsed. Like, give me the goss. Also, I do feel like if you have 
there's one thing to be said for having PK and Dorit there together because you could try and probe them on their financial situation and see if they have each, see if they have a shared story. Like if Dorit's like, well, actually we do this, and PK's like, well, actually it's this. I feel like you could probably get the tea if you have them together and be like, so how do you make money? Yeah, give one of them like champagne and the other one Sidona and just like get one of them hammered and be like, so what is the truth? Like Oprah gif. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't I don't know why that's so funny thank you it's a real housewives of Beverly Hills in your house and you're like sparkling apple juice anyone <laughs> Dree wouldn't care as long as it's in the right glass yes and these are people like is this in Provence like my room saying you're like no it's not it's not <laughs> it's not love it's not <laughs> so what's next then on your housewives journey it sounds like you're gonna stick with New York watch season 11 of Beverly Hills Live and then question mark question mark yeah I think I'm gonna try I think I'm gonna try and focus as much as my attention on New York so I like enjoy it more um and I'll see then because there's a new season of that coming out soon isn't there that and Beverly Hills coming back this month it's like a bonanza of the big heavy hitters I think I'll definitely that'll be taking up most of my time and then I think I'll move on to Atlanta and then I'm not a hundred percent sure after that like I'm kind of like do I do what What else would you recommend I do think Jersey is worth a go like Potomac is amazing and there's going to be a new season of Potomac or Potomac as you insist <laughs> on calling it on on bandwagons you were like <laughs> you were like it's not Potomac it's Potomac, Potomac three just like ask Connor Bean um because how many seasons of that are there like is that there's only a few of them that could I yeah they, they just on did season easy? yeah yeah they just did season five season six is I would say probably June July we'll get season six with the like they're bringing it out earlier than usual um I cheated with Potomac and started with season three and I got it instantly. And then season four was excellent and season five was hands down one of the best seasons of any Housewives show ever. So like, really, I think you could you could bump Potomac up your queue quite easily if you wanted to. I might do that just because if there's less seasons, I'm like, it's less intimidating. So I'm like, okay, let's let's get in there. And there is Salt Lake City, which is one season, but has been amazing so far. And it's going to have an electric second season because one of them possibly is going to prison, allegedly, maybe. So I saw that, Jen Chab. But I think I, I have I seen kind of some complaints about, the, I think it was Laura DeBarra was talking about it on her Instagram stories about, I don't know, was she not vibing with, you know, like obviously because like the Housewives is like an established franchise at this point. And as you said, people sign up for attention or whatever, but. I feel like sometimes people lean in a lot to that and they kind of know what they're doing. Did you find that with Salt Lake City or is it, do you get, do you get, I mean, get what I'm, do you get what I'm putting down? With <laughs> no, I talk because I remember Laura saying that like, it's definitely, particularly it's funny people went to Salt Lake City after Beverly Hills because it's like the newest show and it's like easy to get on the ground on, but they are much more aware of the fact they're on a show, but there's still a kind of a weirdness and a randomness to a lot of it that shines through. Like, it's funny you mentioned Jen and we were talking about the fact she's arrested. She's the most calculated in terms of turning herself into a character. But like, there's still just some characters and things on it where you're like, oh, they don't really realize they're on a show, do they? And it's set in a very different location in terms of the other shows. I think you could, like, you could easily, and this first season's kind of short, you could probably easily watch season one at some point in the next few months. And then when it's back in the autumn, I mean, I I think how they'll handle the story of one of them potentially going to jail and apparently maybe the stuff around their arrest being filmed. I mean, that's, come on. That's juicy. Like that's, that's the juice I need. Yeah, there's some great characters in Salt Lake City and it, the setting and the tone of it and the 
place the sense of place it has is is to be fair very unique to the franchise because they haven't launched that many new ones in the last few years like Dallas and Potomac were the last new ones and they're five seasons in so it's been five years since they've launched a new Housewife City like they don't it's not like other like even I love Drag Race but they're they're pumping out all-stars and international editions very quickly now like with Housewives they're very like deliberate because I think Bravo is loath to like dilute the brand if the show isn't good so you've a lot of work out of you <laughs> oh so much work but I'm I'm so excited I, I like I can't wait to like properly like digest this podcast and like looking at all the other reference points and like I'll become I'm gonna be so annoying to you like I'm really sorry you may just turn your dms off now because I just need to know it's the, it's so immersive and just Oh, iconic. Yeah, immersive is definitely the word. Um, Obviously, you're going to become a full-time Housewives viewer with no other prospects or things going on in your life and, and completely go down this rabbit hole. But you do have a lot of other interesting and amazing things on. If people wanted to check out your podcast, can you tell us more about that? So I co-host Bandwagons with my good friend Breed, as I mentioned, where we talk about all the things that other people are talking about uh, and bandwagons that people are getting on. So you can find that wherever you get your podcasts and on social, we're at Bandwagons Podcast. Um, and then myself, I'm at Fanula J everywhere. So come follow me. And what, I mean, we mentioned Love Island there, but like that's coming back this summer. We didn't have it last summer. I think it's going to be, what, two full months this year? Like, are you planning to be the Love Island queen on Instagram stories again? Or can you? Is that a lot of work? I don't know. I think I am. I have missed it. I found winter love island to be a slog because there wasn't a big break between obviously the summer and the winter series um and then obviously covid happened and everything else the summer 2020 series didn't go ahead which i think will actually help the brand and the the series in the long term um so i'm looking forward to it i think it'll be a bit easier if we're podcasting this year because we'll all be from home and there'll be less travel involved but um yeah i can't not watch it like it's I need the the absolute lunacy uh, for my summer, to be honest, just to keep my brain fizzing away. So I just can't look away. I feel like even if I wanted to, I'm I'm hooked and I'm just never getting off. You're kind of like me and people who watch a lot of Housewives where you'll be chatting to a friend and you'll be like, oh, this whole season of X City is shit, but I watch it every week. Like once once you're in, you're in. Like it's like the, that cliche about the mob. Like once you're in, you can never leave. <laughs> It's so, it's so true. It's so true. I'm curious, like this is kind of an aside, but like I know some people have said jokingly, but like not jokingly that like we're going to be back to real life in different ways over the summer. And do you think that will actually impact Love Island or do you think people will still gather around the telly box at nine o'clock every night for the summer? Like, do you think the, the, the fact that we've been cooped up for so long will actually have a knock on? I'm not sure. I'd be interested to see because as I said, like I, like I think I think the viewing figures were down for Winter Love Island. Not like crazy, but down for them. And I I wonder, is the appetite there? Like, I know th- th- you'd see loads of memes and like meme tweets going around where it's like, oh, 2020 would have been fine if you just had Love Island. They're phrase funnier than that. Like, I can't be put on the spot like this. But um, I, it is a question I have in my mind. I do think, as I said, I, I think that fallow year will benefit them but uh, I don't know I think we kind of have to wait and see I think they'd have to bring a lot of major shake-ups to the actual format as well because even one of the big turning points is 
Casa more, and it's basically where they bring in a load of new people and they have to either come back with a new person or stay with the person they're coupled up with in the original villa. But like that's well trodden at this point. Um, and as I said, like they've had to pull back in terms of kind of the the mad, like questionable reality TV tactics because of duty of care, which I think is the right thing to do. But at the same time, it's kind of compromised where they can bring the show in terms of entertainment levels. So I think if they can look at the format and put a few twists on it and you had a good kind of strong opening episode and you add people talking about it, you might get people in who are, say, maybe hadn't been interested and they're like, no, you know what? I'm spending every single second outside of my house because I've spent so long in there. But I don't know. I would say they've definitely lost. They've already lost a catchment area of people who are just like, I'm not losing a summer to this when I've already lost a year and a half. But um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm just going to be sad and and stay in and just. I'm the same with Housewives. I was looking, I was like, look at me, Housewives all across the summer. But I was like, yeah, I'm still going to fucking watch it. Like now, Housewives, Housewives is different. I could, if I want to, I could watch over breakfast or something. But I was just like, uh, like, like, it doesn't matter what the weather's doing. I'll still catch up with my girls. Even if it's a day later, I'll still watch. Just be out for the other 13 hours of the day and then go home and have your hour in, in your TV. Or I'm having a socially distanced, you know, government regulated outdoor drinks meetup. I'm like, you guys carry on. I just need 40 minutes here and I just put the headphones in. Take the phone, take the phone out, sip on the hard seltzer. Then what did I miss? Like, I could do both. I could be doing that as well at this point. Okay, so there's bandwagons, which I know you mentioned is, it's, it's out, what day is it out every week? Tuesday. Every Tuesday morning. And there, there, there's a Patreon as well, isn't there? Yes, we do have a Patreon. Oh, you're so good. Plug in the, mm, plug in the paid premium plug. content. Love it. <laughs> yes, we're on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash bandwagons. And we do a uh, minimum four bonus episodes a month. Uh, we usually do like oh, wow. kind of like cult, well, I say cult movie reviews, like she's the man, like that kind of cult, not like Tarantino. Who, who cares? We just have the chats over there, get drunk, talk, kind of have longer pop culture discussions about stuff that wouldn't make a main episode. So, yeah. Okay, well, there's uh, there's plenty of podcasting and things for people to check out and we will keep an eye on your social media for the inevitable Love Island moments this summer. And you've got Housewives on your plate. Fanula Jones, thank you very much for coming on Housewives and me. Thanks so much for having me. I can't wait to have you on Bandwagons to talk all about New York. Oh my God, that's going to be lit when that happens. <laughs> Can't wait. That was Fanula Jones on Housewives and Me. Don't forget you can check out her podcast Bandwagons and find her on social media as well. Let's face it, come Love Island time, everyone's going to want to be following Fanula as well. If you liked what you heard today and you're on Apple Podcasts, a rating and a review will be amazing. I'd really appreciate it. It does wonders for getting word of mouth going about the show on that platform. Algorithms, I don't really understand them, but I'm always trying to do my best to beat them, I suppose. Of course, you can check out the show on social media at Housewives and Me on both Twitter and Instagram is where you'll find us. You can find me on It's Connor Bean on Twitter and Instagram as well. There are some amazing guests coming up in the next few weeks and I think an amazing summer of Housewives still to come, to be honest. I'm very excited to check in with you, maybe do some little kind of premiere recaps and things as we go and of course have amazing chats with guests as well. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.